Welcome, everybody, to the Nuggets of Gold podcast. I'm here today with Jake, and we're going to be talking about the Bills game, and we're also going to be kind of projecting into the future and talking about if this team is going to even really have a shot at making the playoffs. Um, But but let's start with the Bills game. I mean, it, it was brutal. It was really, really brutal. And the biggest issue that I had with the whole with the whole team was the pass rush. It, it was practically non-existent. And they it basically took like five seconds every time for anyone to get to Josh Allen. And it I mean, he just dominated. He absolutely dominated. That was my biggest issue. But but Jake, I'll let you kind of start and just get into that real quick. Yeah, uh, not only was the, you know, the pressure bad, but when they're getting in there, it's literally, you know, they're, they're pushing him to the wrong side. You know, they need to be pushing him out left, throwing against his body or like across his body. When you got him rolling right, you know, I mean, what do you expect? He's just going to, you know, roll out that way and be money. That's his throwing side. And, you know, anytime you get a guy rolling to their throwing side, you know, I don't care if it's the worst quarterback in the league they would prefer that a hundred times over a hundred, you know, plays as opposed to being rolled out the other way. Uh, And that's especially true for Josh Allen. Also Tarverius Moore, you know, this is a guy we were high on after the Rams game. He had a pretty, you know, decent game, right? You're looking and you're feeling optimistic, especially after seeing Jimmy Ward play good at strong safety. You're like, wow, you know, maybe this is the secondary of the future here. And it just wasn't the case. There's a couple plays in specific where you can just point directly to his flaws. And it's just so blatant and so obvious. And it needs to be fixed. And beyond that, offensively, Nick Mullins wasn't bad, but he didn't step up. You know, he didn't make any throws where you were blown away. He didn't really, you know, lead any super impressive drives. And I think a big part of that is Tredavious White just kind of shadowing Debo Samuel all game and basically saying, hey, we know exactly what your game plan is. You're probably going to try and force feed this guy, and we're not going to let this guy get hot. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, Debo was shut down basically every time he was on um, Tredavious White. I believe Tredavious White was targeted five times when uh, Debo was, uh, was being shadowed by him. And I think Debo only caught one pass and all of his other targets and stuff came on Levi Wallace. So it's just, you know, we got outplayed. They, they look like the better team. And I was telling you before the show, um, it, it's just one of those games where I felt like even if we had everyone back healthy, it just feels like we would have lost this game. Not everyone. You have Nick Bosa. Maybe that one looks a little different. Obviously missing superstar players is really bad. And we talked about this right after the game too, Jake. We're like, this kind of just shows how much of a game record Nick Bosa is. And not even Nick Bosa, but also DeForest Buckner and D Ford. I mean, the pass rush is not was not good. It was really bad. Um, and I want to kind of go into that. The, the only guy that I really saw flash a few times, Javon Kenlaw did have a couple like pressures, but nothing like super like crazy or really, really notable. I mean, he's young. We've talked about it. Like next year is going to be the year. I think he takes a big step. But Deion Jordan had a sack, and he had a couple hurries, a couple good plays. Kerry Hyder, outside of a goal line stuff, I saw basically nothing from him. Kevin Givens, I think, had another, like, 
interior like run stuff. I didn't see much of him. Um, I mean, it, Armstead, Armstead wasn't really around. Like the, the Armstead situation, just it, it's playing itself and looking worse and worse and worse. Like this season has been probably the worst it could have been for Armstead in my mind. I mean, what does he have? Like two sacks, three sacks in the year? Like yeah, it like is two not, and a half. Yeah, it has and not been pretty. Not to mention, man, penalty after penalty after penalty, and you know some of these, of course, were. Um, you know, a little questionable and we didn't necessarily get all the calls we should have gotten, but you know, like Armstead's, uh, what was the illegal contact or PI? It was just so bad. There was, um, who, who committed the, the, what was it roughing the passer on Allen? It was, um, was it Gibbons or was it, um, I think it was Contavious street on that one. Yeah. Street. There you go. It just, and that was, was so like many... momentum killer too. Yeah. That's why that one was so bad. A huge, huge, huge momentum killer. You know, I think it was 17 to 10 at the time. And that was a big, you know, that was about to be a huge third down stop. We, we were going to force, you know, a turnover and, you know, have a chance to at least drive back down the field. And, you know, you just can't do that. And uh, I think, you know, uh, ESPN had a stat in the game. This is our sixth game in a row with two plus turnovers. You're just not going to win a lot of games when you turn the ball over that many times. No, I mean, it's it's practically impossible. <laughs> I mean, Nick Mullins had two picks. And I, I want to get into Nick Mullins on the offense a little bit more in a second. But I do want to say Fred Warner balled out. And, I, and I'm not really big on playing, like, non-premium position guys. They're not going to let Fred Warner walk. He is a superstar. There's not a chance that he leaves. I know that going before this game, he was the second highest graded, uh, like, Mike Linebacker. I don't know how that would have gone down. I know he had over a 90 grade. He was the highest graded player on the defense. Also, Dre Greenlaw on that opening drive had the, the PBU in the end zone. And, and he looks good. Like, he, he always looks good. They got him a couple times on some zone reads and some, like, RPO type stuff. I mean, he's just stuck there, one, like, one-on-one with Josh Allen or another guy. And it, it seems like it's such a tough spot to put him in. So I'm not going to completely blame him for that. That's also never been like his strength of like, a, like open field, just like speed, I guess. Like he is more of a downfield tackler and he does a really good job in that outside linebacker spot. But I mean, like he, he's a great will linebacker. Like they kind of had a lot on him. And, and that's why I felt like he, it can't, maybe it looked like he got exposed a couple times. Those two guys are, are monsters. Like there's a reason they, they had no issue whatever trading Quan Alexander away because those two guys are very, very good. I, I, I just kind of feel like maybe a lot of people watching that game were like, oh, look, the secondary sucks, right? And we talked about Tarveris more. He struggled, and you were talking to me about, like, there was some film stuff about him just, like, missing his assignment and, like, leaving Sherman, like, like no man's land and stuff. Also, you, you just watch that game, and you go, why is Stephon Diggs open every single time? And it looks like he's just destroying Jason Verrett. And I think I don't think that you can just have like a full-on excuse like, oh, like Sherman and Verrett just get this one off. Like I don't think they played their best game. Um, the one that, that really bothered me about Sherman was in the end zone on Cole Beasley. Like it was like like Sherman's been known as being like one of the best red zone corners of all time. Like that's what he really makes his money on. And there was so much space and he was so late it felt like on that one. That was the big one on Sherman. The late touchdown to 13, I know he's a rookie player on the Bills. That one I didn't have as much of an issue with. But, but at the end of the day, defensive issue of this game was no pass rush. And 
I've said this on this podcast, on the Worst Take Network main podcast, pass rush makes the secondary tick. You can have good players in the secondary, and they're going to perform really well, but they need the pressure coming from the defensive line. If they have that, they're going to go and make plays. That's why you have Sherman in, in, like, in the Legion of Boom, and last year like Sherman gets a lot of picks and makes a lot of plays is because that defensive line's always in the quarterback's face, and that was not the case at all tonight. Allen had his way. Like, Allen had literally no problem whatsoever. So I just kind of wanted to get that out with, with the defense. Th- those are my thoughts. I mean, the defensive line is not there. They need to get healthy. Eric Armstead needs to step up next season and for the rest of the year. N- Nick Bosa says, oh, my God, do we want Nick Bosa back so bad. Um, and, and you just got to get these guys better. They got to they gotta make some moves on the defensive line, which is really, really weird after the 2019 season to be like, yeah, what's going to be like the Achilles heel of the defense pass rush? You've been like, what? What are we talking about? That we the best pass rushing team, like one of the best teams in like the last like 20 years at rushing the quarterback. So it's just crazy how much turnover there is in the NFL on a year-to-year basis. But that's my issue with the defensive line right there. But anything else you want to bring up on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, I just, I mean, the last thing I would kind of want to comment on is, um, you know, Sala, his defensive scheme is obviously very zone-based. Um, you know, if, if you've been following the team for any amount of time, you know that, that you know, he coming from Seattle, he's, you know, a zone guy. And that was kind of one of Sherman's big attractions to coming to San Francisco is he had kind of some relation to the defense already because Sala had coached in Seattle with the Legion of Boom all over my timeline, I'm seeing guys just flaming Sala for staying in zone defense because the Bills were just absolutely destroying it. And so at some point in that game, we switched over to man coverage. And I believe within like two plays, it was a touchdown. So, I mean, Sala knew what he was doing. He he knew that, you know, hey, if we switch to man, like it's not going to be any better. It just seemed like it was just one of those games where, hey, this guy's on a tear. He's having an MVP caliber season, uh, Josh Allen. And there's just literally nothing we can do to stop him. Yeah, no, I, I like that you bring that up. But, but let's kind of talk about the offense a little bit. I've been very critical of Nick Mullins. And, I mean, he's just a backup quarterback. Like, that's just how it is. You look at his stat line, 316 yards, three touchdown, two picks. Don't think that really shows what the game was like. Um, the two picks... One of them was on Ayuk. I thought that this was Ayuk's worst game as a pro. He had just a couple plays where he was just kind of not really – I don't know. He wasn't there. I mean, and, and he had five catches for 95 yards and a touchdown. So if that's your off day, like, that, that's pretty solid. <laughs> but just – I don't know. He had a couple plays. He had the play where um, – I think it was Tevin Coleman's only – no, one of his two rushes of the day and it lost like nine yards where he just got blown up. And I was like – what what was that like it was so bad there's like very like lack not even lackadaisical but just like there was no like physicality in that play at all and he just like looked like checked out almost on that play and and maybe he was like you know a little bit lost or disoriented or whatever and that happens but it was just it didn't it was not a pretty play um but I thought this was one of his worst games as a pro I don't know how he graded on via PFF or anything like that but he just had a couple drops just didn't look as good as he had I mean, he's coming off. He he was had COVID or was on the COVID protocol, but didn't think he looked the best that he did. That's a rookie. That's a rookie wide receiver. I don't put much stock into that. Like that's gonna happen. But my issue was, Debo Samuel had one carry and one target in the first half. 
And like I said, Ayuk was struggling. So why do you not get that guy more involved? I thought they were going to be using him on end rounds, using him on like a ton of stuff, but he was almost just kind of there to, to just have the defense kind of focus on him without them doing anything for him. Like I didn't really see like, like he got involved in garbage time. He had six catches for 73 yards and one carry for three yards. The, he had one carry for three yards in the first half. That was his stat line. Those six catches for 73 yards were pretty much all in garbage time. Maybe one of those catches wasn't. Maybe two of them. These are the two guys. Um, I think that Ayuk projects to be the clear wide receiver one for this team. But I want to see more Debo. Like, I really do. I think he's a really good player. I think maybe it's just – it was – I don't know. I, I really don't know. But it was a weird game to watch just because I expected them to use him so much. And the run game wasn't there. Raheem Mostert had 42 yards. Wilson had 47. They were all right, but, like, not not that great of, like, their run game wasn't that effective, you know? Like, it didn't look like it was ever ticking. They had a couple bad breaks. They had the Jordan Reed play that we were just talking about or Kendrick Bourne's running, like, a post route and Jordan Reed's running underneath him. And the ball's clearly going to Kendrick Bourne. And, and you you look at, like, the – the tape where it's like on the top view and that one could have been that one could have been a touchdown I mean at least put him in field goal range I think that was a third and nine I want to say third and seven yeah. it was a it was a third and long it was it was a big yeah it was a big third down play yeah and it was the one right before the end of the half right it was like on that yeah. final drive yeah I mean and you're getting the ball to start the second half like that changes a lot right there um, and I, I believe it 14, that it was believe 14 that seven, turnover, right? yeah I believe that turnover is what gave them the ability to go drive down the field and go score. So yeah, so it was fourteen to seven, and then they got the ball back and got a field goal. That could be the difference of, of going in the halftime tied. Yeah, that's that's how crazy some of these plays are. It, it just really like it looked like it wasn't their day. The defense they couldn't stop anything, um, and the offense I I don't think it was on Nick, but it was just overall not that great of a performance. Also, I brought this up to you. I've been defending Mike McGlinchey quite a bit this year. He got blown up on the goal line, and it looked really, really bad. I just think that th- th- it's just not his year. Maybe he'll get better. I mean, he's going to have to get better, but he struggled this year. And it's not like he's just been, like, a really bad player, but he has looked really, really bad at times. And so that's my issue with, with him. But I don't know, man. I, I, we know that Kyle was pissed about this game. And it wasn't like the team came out didn't play hard. You, you look back. They start the game. The Bills drive all the way down the field. They stop them at the goal line. Then the Niners drive all the way down the field, get stopped at the goal line, get the turnover, score a touchdown. I thought they were gonna. I thought they were gonna pound them. I thought they were gonna smoke them right then. I was like, okay, because we've seen where teams like drive down the field in the Niners and they make adjustments. And I mean, you remember the last year of the Rams game where the Rams drove down the field, ran the ball. I think every single play. I want to say, scored a touchdown, and then I don't know if they scored another touchdown for the rest of the game. Like, we've seen this defense just have a lot of stuff like that. Unfortunately, it's not that defense this year. And you don't have George Kittle. You don't have your quarterback. It's going to be tough. And this one is just – I thought it was a bad break. I thought I thought, I thought it was a really bad loss, honestly. Yeah, and um, I think when Kyle calls games, there's usually, you know, two philosophies he goes by. And you can tell pretty early on which way the game's going to go. It's either going to be this physical kind of, you know, ground and pound. Hey, Tevin's going to be in here and, you know, he's going to be 
you know, fighting for yards and we're going to be doing sweeps to Debo and we're going to go short passing game to Debo or Kittle, you know, if they're in and we're going to trust the defense and, you know, so they weren't physical in this game. And, you know, the other one is, Hey, we're, we're just going to go straight speed, right? We're going to, you know, hand off to Mosters, you know, outside runs. We're going to do jet sweeps to uh, Ayuk. We're going to let, you know, the play action set up. Ayuk's going to get open. Uh, Kittle's going to get open downfield. Like, you know, there's pretty much two games under the Kyle Shanahan format, and it's physicality or speed. And um, I feel like, honestly, early on, he was really trying to um, play the physicality game, trust his defense, and, you know, just kind of, control time of possession but that was a big thing early on as well we we didn't have time of possession and you know as badly as we blame defense man I mean we just couldn't keep the ball Uh, you know I mean literally that first half I you know I don't have the numbers but it just felt like they were on the field all the time man like we just it it was like trying to stop a bloody nose man it it, it just keeps leaking man It, it, it was so bad and I think that really, you know, took a toll uh, late in the second quarter. Guys were burnt out, uh, and that could probably have led to some of the mental errors and some of the penalties. But, uh, you know, the Bills had a clear and obvious game plan, and they executed theirs way better than we did on both sides of the ball. I'll, I'll ask you this question. Does this team have a chance to make the playoffs? Absolutely. But it's, you know, it's going to take a lot. I mean, they're going to have to win out and you're going to have to cross your fingers um, that the Vikings, uh, the Bears, the Cardinals, that these teams just, you know, kind of cool off. Um, We control our own destiny in the sense that we have to win out. And that especially pertains to beating the Cardinals. Um, But we don't control our own destiny in terms of looking at a team like the Vikings who is, you know, red hot right now, granted they almost just absolutely choked a game away, but still, you know, I mean, you give credit where credit's due. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen is probably one of the best one, two punches at wide receiver this year. You know, you could say what you want about Kirk when he gets going, man, as long as the game's not in prime time, he's pretty damn good. So it's tough, especially with Dalvin Cook and a lot of the pieces they have um, defensively. And then you look at the Cardinals with Cliff Kingsbury. They're probably still a year away. I, I do see them as a team that could definitely fall off. And I do think we have a decent chance of beating them coming up here in a couple of weeks. But uh, before we even worry about, you know, facing them, we got to worry about football team and uh, the Dallas Cowboys just one week at a time, basically, from here on out. So I just kind of like thought of it percentage-based chance, and I just said 15% chance that they make the playoffs, just looking at it. And then I went through each of the games, maybe like a 70 75% chance that they beat the, the football team, I think like a 90% chance that they beat the Cowboys. And both of those were assuming that Jimmy and Kittle aren't back. And then the next two games, the Cardinals and the Seahawks, this is assuming that Jimmy and Kittle are back. I said 45% chance we beat the Cardinals. 55% chance that we beat the Seahawks. So that's just like, I mean, I don't think the Seahawks are very good. I think the Cardinals are a terrible matchup for the 49ers. I mean, we saw that earlier in the year and they had everyone healthy and they still lost. So I can't really like be super confident. And I just want to say this. I don't think losing this game is a big deal. I've said, I, I know I said this a couple weeks ago on the pod. 
You have six, after coming out of the bye, you have six games. You have to go five and one. The one game that you can lose is against the Bills. I said that's not that big of a deal. You beat the Bills. That's so sick. <laughs> maybe you can even like lose a game to I don't I don't know. You maybe you can afford to lose another game if you if you beat the Bills. I didn't really think they they were going to. I also said on the pod in the preview game right at the end of it, I said this is really weird. It's an even line. I would have said Bills minus five. I mean, yeah. Bills won by ten points. It looked like they won by a lot more than ten points. But I was really surprised, and and it turned into like Niners minus one and a half right before the game which was yeah. really shocking to me. But the, the loss isn't the big deal. The big deal is that the way that they lost. And they lost by having no pass rush. The two teams that's offensive lines actually have a very high win rate, and they're both, they're both top 10, are the Seahawks, believe it or not. I mean, really odd, because you look at like four years ago, and they're like 32 in like every <laughs> offensive line category. Yeah. But the Seahawks and the Cardinals both have very good offensive lines. Um, like not very good, but top 10 offensive lines. And the 49ers have struggled to stop those teams because of this lack of pass rush. Those are the two tough games. It's not like, okay, like the big game that we're, that we're like going to struggle against is against the Cowboys. Oh, good thing that their defense is like historically bad. It's like, no, their, their offensive line has been, has been struggling because of all the injuries they've had. But the Cardinals and the Seahawks, the two really tough games, they're probably going to be shootouts. So so even if the Niners play really good in these last four games, there's a very, like, very, very high chance that they just split the Cardinals-Seahawks games, even if they play really, really good. So, so that's my issue with, with um, like this playoff chance. But I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Well, um, to your point, I'm not that concerned about football team or um, the Cowboys. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, you know, you look at football team, they just lost Antonio Gibson, probably the X factor um, on that team, who was really helping out Alex Smith. Uh, you know, God bless that guy. He's gone through so much. Just a miracle. That guy's even on the field right now. Also, um, 49ers legend. Had to shout it out. Yes, 49ers legend. And mentor to Patrick Mahomes. Shout that out, too. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, even with Mullins uh, in no kittle, I'm – I'm really not that concerned over those games. You brought up offensive line. Um, you know, I think those numbers for the Cardinals and the Seahawks say less about their offensive line talent. And I think it says more about the talent of Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson and just really how special these guys are because, you know, they're, they're winning because, the, you know, even if the pockets aren't clean – it's a win because, you know, these guys are evading pressure and, you know, getting good throws and they're, you know, scrambling for 10 or 15 yards. Like they're just really good playmakers. And, you know, I, I just look at that, you know, schedule and I see the Cardinals and I see the Seahawks and it's just like inner division. Both these guys are, you know, Kyler and Russ having MVP top five type seasons. And I just look at it and, like, yeah, okay, let Russ Cook is kind of fatigued and, you know, Kyler's season has kind of fatigued the last few weeks, but I still look at it and I don't see it as a very favorable matchup for us. Just, you know, even if we did have Bosa and some of these guys back, like, it's just tough, man. It's tough to beat quarterbacks that can run all over you and, you know, make you look silly, especially when you have their kind of receivers that are just playmakers like D hop and Metcalf who's having a great year. So it's going to be tough, man. Those are going to be the two tough games. Um, I do agree with your sentiment that, 
we could split those. Um, I think honestly splitting them would be a miracle uh, to say the least. Interesting. I, I don't know about a miracle. I think that the, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, I think they're a little bit like, I don't know, overrated, but the thing is like they have really good quarterbacks and the issue is you go, the 49ers are five and seven. And I think there's a bunch of reasons why most, mostly the injuries. I mean, you have a couple games that like, you're like, how did, how did this happen? Like, especially the Eagles game. A lot of times, like, it's like, okay, like last four games of the year, how do we get into the playoffs? Oh, we need to split these last four games. There's so many, like, that's usually just like the scenario if you have a, a very like strong roster. But unfortunately, the Niners haven't had a strong roster for most of the year. So winning those games out just seems very unlikely. That, that's kind of my thought. And, it's, and like I said, it's not about the, like losing to the Bills, but it's the, the way that they lost to them. Also, you brought up the issues like with, having, with having to play Kyler and Russell Wilson. Like, that's the, the, the problem without the pass rush. And like, where it's just like your pass rush is struggling. These guys already almost negate the pass rush a little bit. So that makes it so much worse. If you can't initially get a guy there and then one guy finally gets there, and he makes a miss. It's like, dude, he's going to be back there. Russell Wilson's going to be running around back there for like 12 seconds. Like, and there's no way you can stop a guy like that, especially when you, have, when you look at the Seahawks and it's like, like um, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf have just been cooking guys. Like that, that seems almost like a worse, like not a worse matchup than the Bills, but just like, I don't know, a very similar matchup, I feel like, um, both those two teams. And so the good thing is you're going to have, hopefully you have, in theory, you have Kittle and Jimmy back. That's where I think, like, those games, the, the offense, I think, is still really good. The problem I have, though, with the, the beginning two games is the run game has not been doing well since Kittle's been out. And I've talked, I've talked to you about this so many times. When Kittle's not in the game, the run numbers go down by, like, two and a half yards or three yards. It's something, like, it's like an, an unbelievable stat. It's like five and a half to three yards per carry. Like, where you're just like, wait, they're, they're running the ball that less effectively? Normally, I look at those two games and go, the football team, the Cowboys, oh, their offenses aren't that good. The Niners can run the ball, and they can win like an ugly game. I don't know if that's the case because you can, I don't know if they can run the ball. So that's my issue with those. The other two games, I mean, usually you want to be in a situation where you just want to split one of those, and that'd be awesome. And you said it's a miracle. I don't know if it's a miracle. I don't know if it's quite there. But I do think, I think that's, a, like, that's an accomplishment if you split those games. And they're just not in the situation to do that. I'm going to wrap it up right here, though. I, I want to say that we're, we're going to preview the, the football team 49ers games later in this week. Rough loss. It's not the end of the season, but it, it's looking like we might be talking about, you know, the draft and free agency pretty soon here. So hopefully that's not the case, not to, not to leave on a negative note. I, I think that if the Niners maybe gain some steam and win these next two weeks, maybe they're going for it you know Kittle's back Jimmy's back like maybe they'll reinvigorate this squad and maybe the pass rush will take a step forward like that that's ideally what ideally what you want but but we'll see man so Jake thanks for coming on and thanks for everyone who's listening I think I pretty much always say this but if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star rating and review that helps a lot that helps spread the pod so I'd appreciate that a lot um but thanks everybody and we'll talk to you soon see ya